This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. Greg Canty. In for Greg Canty. Brandon Scott. In for, in for uh, I don't know, who's Carlin, man? In for uh, Carl Carlin. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Carl, good to see you. Carl Carlin uh, is Greg Neitzel. Uh, it's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. He is Gabe Neitzel of 94.5 ESPN Radio uh, in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. You can hear him 7 to 9 a.m. Eastern. So you're on your second show of the day. You can see me on SportsCenter AM. I did that this morning with uh, with Gary Streisky there. I'm on my second show. We're just out riding on this NFL news of the day that DeAndre Hopkins has been released by the Arizona Cardinals, because why would you want a top five talent on your roster? Uh, but there is a price tag, there is an age associated, but there's also interest around the NFL. You can call in the CC call in line to join that conversation. 888 say ESPN, 888-729-3776. What's the best landing spot for Hopkins? And make the pitch, make the recruiting pitch for your favorite team uh, to land a top five wide receiver. But for right now, the focus, Gabe, uh, for us at least, is on the fact that we have a liar on our staff. Um, our guy, Eric, who is our sound technician, has all the rejoin music, keeps us on the air, so you might clip my mic. But have you ever heard of lie, lying by omission, Gabe? Oh, 100%, yes. Okay. So yeah. Eric, I'm not, I don't know if this qualifies as that or just lying by a lack of correction. Shannon, what's the ruling on this? Because Eric said that he homered twice during the softball doubleheader yesterday, right? right? That's what he said. He came in here. Everybody came in here boasting. Hey, your boy Eric came in. Yeah. Doubleheader. Key two dingers. Everybody. I mean, I wasn't the one that said, hey, we got to talk about this, you know? We got to talk you were about talk- it. But you were talking about it to everybody else when the microphones were off, right? 100%. I mean, we, I mean, did, this, we did this in a three and out segment yesterday. We Shannon talked about knew- it on, we talked about it on yep, air. We did. Yeah, but Shannon, you We knew gave before- you your flowers and everything. Mm-hmm. You knew before I even told you. You know, like you wait, were wait, telling wait. me. He told me. He said, Eric, you had two wait, home how runs. How did I know before you knew? Oh, you, you knew. Who, you <laughs> tell me. Yeah, so this was buzzing. You tell me. This it was, was buzzing. buzzing around the halls here in Bristol, yeah, Connecticut. Like split the double header. Yeah, Eric, yeah. Big, big Bat Eric. Big right? Bat Eric right, is so what they said. For they said, context, just leaving Eric is what they said. On Monday, we're playing at a different park that we played on Thursday. And on Monday, okay. when I hit my first home run in that game, yeah. there was no fence. And so I, I, it was an inside the park home run. So when... I said I hit two more. I just assumed that everybody else realized that it was also no, no. You inside said the home park run. home run. Oh. If you do not say inside the park home run, <laughs> everyone assumes you hit a bomb. And it went yeah. sailing deep into the Bristol night. That is what I assumed. I could say that. I think I speak for everybody when I say we feel hurt and misled. <laughs> Eric's scoffing at it. <laughs> it's a travesty. It's a mockery. If there, it's a sham. If there's no, mockery. If, a tra- <laughs> if there's no fence, it's not really an, even an inside the park home run because then the park becomes the planet Earth, right? Like if there's no fence, the ball just rolls. So uh, I have no home runs this year. <laughs> no, it's a home run. Statistically, if we had a fantasy team and you were, what position do you play? Uh, I've been playing center. And you're my center fielder. I get in my center field slot. I got, I got a home run for the day, right? It still counts. Right. It's just... We again to Gabe's point, like we assumed majestic par- parabola blasts, just three hundred feet. No one said no. they weren't smoked. <laughs> <laughs> he hit a triple plus. That's what that was. Nobody said they weren't smoked. <laughs> All right, Eric. Just I'm just gonna say I'm gonna tell you just something. Trust is like a forest. Okay, it takes a second to burn it down and forever to rebuild. No, I'm, dude, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. Exactly. It's what it's not what you said. It's how you said it, Eric. Okay. It's Gabe Neitzel, Randy Scott. You can trust us. We're going to keep the NFL conversation going on KT and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Uh, Russell Wilson 
at Broncos OTAs, Russell Wilson, Gabe, I mean, come on, a largely forgettable first season there uh, in whatever color the Broncos choose to wear this season. But now he's got a new head coach, and not that he wasn't held accountable last season, but it certainly seems like Sean Payton has reined in this particular Bronco. Uh, here is Wilson on how he feels this offseason relative to perhaps the first offseason with the Broncos. I feel great. You know, I feel uh, feel lean and mean, ready to go and uh, focused. But one have the best offseason of, of my life, and uh, these guys, uh, the team bonding, everybody that that's uh, putting in the work. It's been amazing. Just uh, the work ethic, the locker room. Every guys, everybody's really tight. Lean and mean, man. I can't, I can't not. It's secondhand cringe or a little eye roll or whatever it is every time Mister Unlimited speaks, but. He feels lean and mean, Gabe. Uh, best offseason ever. Best offseason ever. And it, you know, I'll say this it darn near better be. I'd say this is the most important offseason for Russell Wilson since his first offseason with the Seahawks, where he was trying to take that job from Matt Flynn. Well, the excuse is because all the excuses are gone. Last year, you had a first time, first year head coach. Mm-hmm. First time, who got fired halfway through the year. Like, it was a disaster. He was the scapegoat in Nathaniel Hackett that just did not work out in Denver. So now you hire. A seasoned, a coach who is respected for his offensive acumen, a guy who has worked so well with Drew Brees, has close to a Hall of Fame resume, and Sean Payton. You have one of the more respected coaches in the NFL now helming your team. All the excuses are gone for Russell Wilson, so he has to play well because, again, last year you could be, oh, it was Nathaniel Hackett, it was the offense, it was this, it was that. Sean Payton has so much respect. If Russell Wilson plays poorly again, it's on one person. And that's Russell Wilson. It, that is a tremendous way to put it, Cortland Sutton. I mean, there there, there was talent last season. Uh, there are expectations this season. And Sean Payton's going to come in. And Sean Payton is a guy who, let, let's look back at the, some of the later years of, of Drew Brees' career. And you could argue that Drew Brees was a better or more at least prolific passer than Russell Wilson, even when Russ was allowed to cook. But Payton's not afraid of ending an era. Okay, he was willing to do it with Drew Brees. I mean, the end of Drew Brees' run there with the Saints coincided with the ascension, so to speak, for a ground-based quarterback of Taysom Hill. You know, he's willing to modify. Peyton is willing to get creative offensively, and if you're not with the program, and I, I would say more, more importantly, if you're not capable of executing the offensive program, maybe that's a better way to put it, Sean Payton's willing to move on from you, contract be darned, but there are contractual details here, Oof. Gabe, that really are, for lack of a better word, job security for Wilson out in Denver. So when you sign a five-year, $242-plus million contract with $161 million guaranteed, which is what the contract was last season for Russell oh, Wilson, wow. let those numbers sink in, uh, there's some job security that comes with that. Uh, because typically, you know, I would say most NFL contracts kind of end up being two years and then the the team can kind of figure out how they feel about you if they want to keep rolling instead of just releasing you or trading you and get out of the contract. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're not there yet with Russell Wilson. So this year, uh, the cap hit for us, it's pretty manageable, only $22 million. But the dead cap, because of all the money that would accelerate if he were to be traded or released this offseason, that's $107 million. Okay, so maybe they can get out of it next year, Randy. Eh, well... Next year, the dead cap, if you were to trade or cut him, that'd be $85 million. You get to 2025, and the dead cap of all the accelerating numbers would be 49.6. Now, his cap hit in 2025 would also be $55.4 million. So maybe you decide to go with, do what the Packers did this year with Aaron Rodgers and just rid yourself of about $50 million, and then you could you know get out from underneath it. But that's still a huge chunk of money that you would have to eat. So... 
for the next two years at least, Russell Wilson is guaranteed to be a member of the Denver Broncos. And guaranteed then to, I don't know, acclimate or adjust to Sean Payton's system. Um, Here is Payton on how his quarterback, for now, Russell Wilson, has looked so far. He's picking it up. Um, you know, the timing and, and, and all of those things that required, you know, for, for the first five weeks, we were just lifting and running. And so now we're getting into some football activity. And, you know, these guys, you know, we're ahead of schedule on the practice. But, um, but yeah, he's picking it up good. Looks good. Looks sharp. All right. It's great to look good. Great to look sharp in May. Great to look lean and mean, as Mr. Unlimited said. But I don't know, man. I... I saw a diminished skill set. I saw a bad investment for about 14 games, 13 games last season. I, it, Sean Payton has that lifting effect on quarterbacks, to be sure. That's why Denver brought him in. And maybe this marriage of coach and quarterback uh, will elevate the stock of both. For Wilson, the legacy, I think, is a complicated one. Um, there has been a chorus. I mean, social media does what it does with regard to fan bases. Uh, there's a chorus of... You know, does he play for his legacy? Is his Hall of Fame career on the line this season? I don't know that one year with Sean Payton does much in either direction to boost or hurt that, but it's interesting to know that his career is at a crossroads at this advanced age. Do you think he's a Hall of Famer? No. Okay. Because I'm I'm not sure. I I kind of le- I lean towards no as well. And a lot of that's based off of a couple of years ago, there was a great Seth Wickersham piece at ESPN.com kind of detailing what happened with him and what happened with Pete Carroll in the Legion of Boom and, and some of the things that happened within practice and how the Legion of yeah. Boom really felt that he was protected unnecessarily by Pete Carroll and just the the lack of respect from some of his former teammates that, that came out in that article, in that piece. And the the other famous thing about him is he's never received an MVP vote. Not that that's the end-all, be-all, but I also think it tells you how you know he's he's kind of looked at from across the league, from players who have played with him to media members who cover the league. Yeah, no, I, I think you're right. And there was an AFC quarterback conversation. Uh, this was on Get Up earlier this week. There's just a, a quarterback conversation as a whole, but it's broken down AFC and NFC. And uh, the Dan's got after it. It was Dan Orlovsky and Dan Graziano, and it was Orlovsky who gave. Uh, his top five AFC quarterbacks under pressure. Yesterday, we went through the NFC side of it. We're going to go through the AFC side here quickly. At number five, he's got Lamar Jackson. Understandable, perhaps, with the contract. Mm-hmm. Number four, he's got Tua Tungavailoa. Uh, number three, Mac Jones, in, which was interesting. Number two, Deshaun Watson. Again, quarterback pressures uh, for Cleveland and for quarterback there in Cleveland. And number one, Aaron Rodgers. Dan Orlovsky and Dan Graziano. That's Orlovsky's list, but the two Dans, the Danchises, uh, they were talking about why Russell Wilson is not on that list. Greeny, if you took Russell Wilson and the Broncos and you put them in the AFC South, I'd be totally on board with you. But because they play in the AFC West and he's got to go through Patrick Mahomes and he's got to go through Justin Herbert, I think that there's a little bit from at least me, like this grace extended of and those are two mountains that you got to go through. Russell wants to be thought of as an all-time great. Right. He's got to show something. He has to show something like that. Like I can compete with Patrick Mahomes. I, I agree. I mean, there's a lot. Of pre- I don't think there's more pressure on him than these five guys, just strictly because of what's expected from them this season. Uh, it's it's an interesting argument. I I think there is there can still be Gabe pressure on a quarterback even though he's a distant third in terms of talent in his own division? 
Oh, absolutely. Because the reason why I, I just listed off the numbers that they gave this man, right? <laughs> that five years, two hundred forty-two, one hundred sixty-one million guaranteed. In case you happen to miss that, yeah. those are the, that's the amount of money that the Denver Broncos gave him because they thought he was this difference-making guy. There's absolutely pressure, and you can debate if it's in the top five. I mean, part of this is also because most of the good quarterbacks in this league now reside in the AFC for whatever reason. It's just the way it's kind of all played out. But I would argue that there is pressure on on Russell Wilson because, yeah, he has to go through those teams. If he wants to show that this was a good investment by the Denver Broncos and this wasn't a mistake and this wasn't something that we're going to be talking about 10 years from now. Oh, man, remember when the Broncos gave up all those picks and all those players and gave Russell Wilson all that money and they couldn't get a winning, a single winning season out of him? Like, There's a lot to me on the line for Russell Wilson, especially because you know the way he talks, the way he talks about himself, he holds himself in high regard. And in order to hold yourself in the type of regard he probably does, you got to make the playoffs this year. You got to be a playoff team, even though you're playing in what we thought last year was going to be one of the toughest divisions because of him entering it. You you got to step up and you got to make it happen to be one of those top seven teams in the AFC. All right, it is Gabe Neitzel, Randy Scott, in for the guys, Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Uh, let's dive into our lists, okay? Let's get into our top five AFC quarterbacks. Under the most pressure, and I'm following the money. You know, we often say that, right, Gabe? Like in sports, like follow the money. That's going to solve a lot of your uh, answer, a lot of your questions, solve a lot of your problems. I'm going to follow the money here largely because there are just such obscene contractual numbers out there in the AFC. And I would start with Aaron Rodgers. Like you created this mess. So I'm going to go one through five. If you want to go five through one, that's okay. fine. Um, I, you you created the mess that you're in, and I I call it a mess. Already, we're dealing with a calf strain. There's no shame in that. You're an aging quarterback. I get it. But when you've got an average annual value, average annual salary, I should say, of uh, more than fifty million dollars, like you have limited what your team can do in terms of assembling the pieces around you. So you have to prove that you yourself are going to perform at a level that makes up for a perceived or at least a, a restricted level of talent that you could put around yourself, right? So I put Rodgers at number one. You're, you've been around him, covered him there with the Packers. Is, that a, is it fair to have him atop the yeah. most pressure quarterbacks in the AFC? I, I have him at number one as well. That makes the most sense to me because the Jets have put all this pressure on him saying, hey, we've got a good enough roster, we just need that next quarterback. Yeah. And they need prime Aaron Rodgers. They don't need the Aaron Rodgers from 2022 because that's not going to be good enough. They need 2020-2021 MVP type Aaron Rodgers in order for this thing to work out because of how stacked the AFC is. And the Jets, at the end of the day, they didn't give up what the you know Denver Broncos gave up to acquire Russell Wilson, but they still paid you know a second-round pick, a first-round pick swap that probably cost them an offensive lineman this year, potentially a number-one pick next year. It's still a, a pretty price to pay. Bill Barnwell did a great job over at ESPN+, Plus, kind of breaking down why Rodgers needs to be the elite-level Rodgers for this thing to pay off. And you don't know if Rodgers is going to be there past 2023. You're going all in this year. That's a lot of pressure on Rodgers to get back to his old form. I've got him at number one as well. And I'm going to follow the money again. And I'm going to. I, I agree here with Dan Orla. It's dangerous. Dangerous on food takes <laughs> for sure. But I agree. Football takes. Football takes. You should be a little more safe than the food takes. I am a hundred percent. I agree with Orlovsky. I'm going to go with Deshaun Watson at number two because it's not just that you. If you're Deshaun Watson, it's not just the contract. Where the real numbers jump up this season. Last year, it was a paltry salary. 
You know, they structured the deal knowing full well Watson was going to have a significant suspension in the first year of his contract with the Cleveland Browns. So this year, the money really jumps up, and it's not just that he lost. It's not just that the Browns lost. It's not just that the offense struggled. It's how bad Deshaun Watson looked last season. Okay, you can lose games. You can lose shootouts where you're putting up numbers, where the offense is moving the football. They were doing none of that last season with Watson. Watson has to prove that he's a top 10 NFL quarterback again, let alone live up to the expectations in Cleveland game. When you get the fully guaranteed deal, I'm with you on Watson. The, the Browns are expecting a certain level of play. And as the Bengals continue to grow, and now that Lamar, a former league MVP, is also back in your division, Watson, much like Wilson, has to... Kind of, hey, yeah, no, I'm, I am this guy. I mm-hmm. am a top five quarterback. Doesn't matter what's happened. I, you know, now that I've gotten my legs back under me, I've played some games after having to sit out for a year plus. Now you're ready to go. There's no way to finagle around that contract. It's fully guaranteed. You know, we were talking about the numbers with Wilson. Yeah, you can kind of fudge him and eventually you can get out of the contract. You can't really get out of the Watson contract because it's fully guaranteed. I, I could not agree more. Gabe Neitzel, Randy Scott with you at ESPN Radio. I'm going to run through three through five just quickly because uh, we're kind of up against it. I'm going to go ahead and put Lamar at number three, again, because of the contract and because they've assembled. Hey, you were upset we got rid of Hollywood Brown. Here's Odell Beckham Jr. We drafted Zay Flowers. Let's go win. Let's get out there and go win right now. We're going to pay you to win. Let's go win, and you stay on the field. Uh, Number four, I don't, I don't, I don't want to put Mac Jones on this list. I understand why he is because he's essentially playing for his future in New England. I'm going to move Tua to number four, and then I'll put. I am man. I kind of want to put Jimmy Garoppolo at number five just because he's also I feel like playing for his NFL future. But that's thought, a Raider fan. I'm dialed in. I'm, yeah, I've I've thought about Garoppolo, but. And maybe this is a reach, but I feel like it needs to be put out there. I think there's a little bit of pressure on Justin Herbert. Not that he's not going to be with the Chargers long term, because the talent is undeniable. But we've been talking about this dude, and he's been putting up unbelievable numbers that just have not translated to big-time wins. Like yeah. Finally, the Chargers were able to make the playoffs last year, and then they had the most embarrassing loss in the first round when they blew a big lead and allowed the Jaguars to come back on them. So mm-hmm. I, I would say there's a little bit of pressure on Justin Herbert to continue the growth where the amazing numbers and the great throws also translate to wins. Yeah, and and, and, to, and to dollars, honestly, right? Like he is mm-hmm. in line, like you said, for the next massive quarterback contract. You can't have a dud of a season at this point of your career. And I don't think we're going to see that as long as he has health around him, which is no guarantee with Keenan Allen or Mike Williams, to be honest, which is why DeAndre Hopkins makes such sense to (laughs) land with the L.A. Chargers, which would be an absolute nightmare for me as a Raider fan. Gabe Neitzel, Randy Scott, in for the guys. All of the pressure heading into Game 6 of the Eastern Conference Finals in the NBA squarely on the underdog heat. Well, at least they were underdogs to start the series. All that and more on Canteen Carlin on ESPN Radio after Gabe has this from Vivid Seats. Baseball is in full swing, so get tickets to all the action with Vivid Seats. Plus, with basketball and hockey heating up, now is a great time to experience a game. Vivid Seats is proud to be the official ticketing partner of ESPN. From on the glass to in the stands, Vivid Seats has great ticket prices to all the games. Every crack of the bat, every dribble down the court, catch it all with Vivid Seats. Download the app or visit VividSeats.com today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle 
and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Canty and Carlin, the podcast, the NBA playoffs. Steal by Jalen Brown, a transition layup with the right hand. Couldn't get no worse than being down 3-0. We didn't look around. We didn't go in separate directions. I think now it's a series, so we just got to take it one game at a time and keep playing. Continuing coverage of the NBA playoffs on Canty and Carlin. This is this is Friday Vibes Day music right here. This is Fribes Day music, Eric. Canty and Carlin, beat that beat. Let's see. We got fists in the air. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Sirius XM, Channel 80. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. He is Gabe Neitzel. Wondering what he signed up for there in ESPN Milwaukee, just watching us through the Zoom, watching, judging. Look at the baby. Look at the baby. Silently. I'm Randy Scott. You can join the conversation on the CC call in line, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. What is the best landing spot for DeAndre Hopkins? And then make the recruiting pitch for your favorite team. Pretend D-Hop is right here listening to what you have to say. Go ahead and try to land him for your favorite NFL team. We are talking hoops, though, as Canteen Carlin is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. We have a Game 6 in the Eastern Conference Finals. And Sarah Kustak joins us of the Yes Network. She's the Brooklyn Nets analyst and host of NBA Pulse, uh, Sarah Kustak podcast. As well. Geez, Sarah, how busy are you? Save some for the rest of us. She's at Sarah. <laughs> I think about about you guys. I think about about you guys. I just appreciate you having me on here uh, on this Friday afternoon. I and I I knew since uh, Campy and Carlin were were hosting the show, I figured this was a perfect time to hop on. Yeah, listen, if you cross paths with Carlin there in the tri-state, I'm sorry. I'm sorry in advance, but you can follow Sarah, Sarah with an H, at Sarah Kustak uh, on Twitter. So what have you seen, Sarah, here from the Celtics as they've gotten up off the deck in games four and five and seemingly put more of the pressure now on Miami in this Eastern Conference Finals? 
Randy, quite frankly, I think this is the Boston Celtics team that we expected, really, both coming into the postseason, coming into the series. Um, I think, first of all, it's been a, a added level of urgency and attention to detail, which I think a lot of us expected in game three when they were down 0-2, you know, after dropping those first two games at home. But mm-hmm. I, I think there's a, a variety of things that would help. Um, certainly the three-point shooting, not only the efficiency and accuracy, but the volume of which they're putting up shots. In last night's game in particular, figuring out that Miami zone, uh, moving the basketball really well. And a lot of what they had hung their hat on, um, not only throughout the course of this season when they spent four months in first place in the East, but I think overall, you know, these last couple seasons, which had helped them to the finals last year, helped them to prior Eastern Conference finals as their defense. And that locked in nature, the way that they were able to pressure the basketball, obviously Miami missing Gabe Vincent um, did not help in terms of creators, ball handlers, uh, but they, they started to lock in and they did a really nice job with how they were able to communicate, how they were able uh, to double a little bit more on that end of the floor. And I think it, it all goes hand in hand and you saw the confidence, you saw some of the swagger of which they were able to play with. And so I, I think overall, this is just more of the Boston team that we've seen when they've been at their best. I think Eric Spolstra is the best coach in the league, certainly best coach right now in the postseason, Sarah. What do you think he does to try to counter some of the defensive adjustments that the Celtics have made? Gabe, I co-sign that as well. I think Eric Spolstra is the best of the best, and his brilliance is most notably seen, obviously, the longevity and what he's done with Miami, the championship success. Uh, you know, we have seen that throughout the course of his tenure and how he's come up, but I think where he really shines is these in-series adjustments and what he does to counter things. And it's not only throughout the course of games, but it's it's game-to-game here in the postseason and the playoffs. And, you know, he obviously is much smarter than all of us in, in figuring things out. So I am curious to see what he adjusts. I think, uh, you know, I would anticipate that starting lineup changes may happen. You hope that Gabe Vincent is back. Um, his availability is still unknown, but, um, you know, whether that comes or not, I'm curious to see if he opts to bring Kyle Lowry back off the bench where he was at his best. Haywood Highsmith got his first time here in the series, did a really nice job, um, but particularly Caleb Martin starting in place of Kevin Love. I think that's a big one you kind of look at with how good Caleb Martin has been mm. uh, throughout the course of this postseason and the need to set the tone out of the gates in the way this game will start in game six, returning back to home and, I think more, you know, more than anything, some of the the strategy stuff comes. I I think that was the first time in game five that Boston really figured out how to beat Miami's zone, whether it was just knocking down some more open shots that they uh, looked at, but they jumped out to a quick start in that first quarter. And a lot of that came from the ball movements and open three-point shooting. Um, So I'm interested to see just how they kind of counter that. And also the Celtics, I mentioned, you know, some of the double teaming or the switching that they did, they did a good job of, putting Bam out of bio in positions that maybe are not always a strength of his playing with his back to the basket. He had a lot of touches throughout the course of this one, but wasn't necessarily able to convert. And so I, I'm interested to see just um, offensively how he puts guys in, in different positions against what Boston is trying to do on the defensive side of things. Uh, but I, I'll be curious to see. I'll be curious to see because the Celtics, they, they commanded the game in so many different ways, whether it was, 
pushing the pace, the fast break points, crashing the offensive glass, getting some second chance points, forcing a lot of Miami turnovers. Um, that additionally will be a big thing uh, for Miami with taking care of the basketball and eliminating some of those easy points for Boston. We're talking with Sarah Kusak of the Yes Network, Brooklyn Nets analyst, also host of NBA Pulse. And with the Sarah Kustak podcast, uh, Sarah, quickly, are we going to get a game seven in the Eastern Conference Finals? I, my gut, Randy, is that the Heat close things out at home in Game Six. Uh, we we all love the drama, and I love Game Sevens. And I, I don't think this is a must win. A lot of people call it a must win in Game Six for Miami. Yeah. I, I don't I don't think that it is impossible for them to come back and win at Boston in Game Seven. But uh, but no, I think the Heat I think the Heat finish things off on Saturday and uh, get set for the Denver Nuggets in the finals. Sarah, I'm old enough to have been at the same parties with your brother in Evanston in the <gasps> early 2000s and there was a freshman year where Zach and the Wildcats lost to Iowa late in the season and some dude gave him a hard time at a Kappa Kappa Gamma mixer or function or whatever it was date party Megan <laughs> listen Megan Markle might have been there all right I'm not trying to drop I'm not trying to drop you names listen so this dude gets this you know hopped up on bush light guy gets in your brother's face about losing to Iowa and we're about like it's to the point where we're about to get tossed out of you know I don't know Nevins or wherever it was in Evanston and I launched myself human missile because things were going well with my girlfriend at the time right launched myself human missile between Zach who's a mountain of a man wrists the size of my legs at the time in between you know Chad from Fidelt or whatever get him out of the way and it basically, am I calling call myself a hero? I don't know. But your brother didn't get in trouble. Your brother didn't get in trouble. That's all I'm saying. I may need to get your address for him to send you a thank you gift, <laughs> a thank you card, uh, oh, some credit for the way the rest of his career played out. <laughs> you this, you know what? That, that, that I owe you a lot for. It's a good time. Uh, and hopefully with your girlfriend, that's uh, added some yeah. extra bonus points. That's a whole other story, Sarah Bear. We can not share to, that on the podcast. That for another time. Yeah, for just another time. whoever handles the booking for your podcast, I'm available. I've got a super <laughs> easy rider. The appearance fee is nothing, you know? Just a bowl of green M&M's. That's all I need. Sarah, honestly, you got a couple of fans here for sure, and Gabe and I. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for the time today, and try not to stay too busy with all the uh, Yes Network and podcasting and radio hosting you're doing. Uh, I appreciate both of you. Thanks for having me on. All right, Sarah Kustak, again with us on the CC call-in line on Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. one eight 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 say espn is the number, 888-729-3776. And a reminder that Canty and Carlin is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. We ran a little long with Sarah. Otherwise, I would have asked her for her walk-up song. It's also not something that you want to spring on people. Give them a chance to think about it. So, Gabe... Think about your walk-up song. What would your walk-up song be? And you can call in and tell us yours as well. 888-SAY-ESPN's the number. It's Gabe Neitzel and Randy Scott. And for the guys, Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 
This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. There's about to be a Randy Scott-sized hole in the wall here, man. I'm going to run through a door or a wall like a cartoon. It's Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Sirius XM Channel 80, your smart speaker. On this Friday Vibes Day, this Preakend, this Fribes Day, he's Gabe Neitzel. I'm Randy Scott. You can listen to Gabe weekdays, 7 to 9 a.m. Central Time, correct? Uh, that is correct. Yes, Eddie, on ESPN Milwaukee, 94.5 uh, ESPN Radio. I'm Randy Scott. You can see me on SportsCenter AM, uh, 7 a.m. Uh, Eastern Time here on, on ESPN. Join the conversation, the CC call-in line, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. We're talking about the best landing spots for DeAndre Hopkins. You can weigh in on that. You can make the recruiting pitch for your team to land Hopkins. But right now, we're talking about walk-up songs. Because a week from today, I won't be able to do the show uh, I'm going to be announcing my son's all-star Little League game. Um, oh, yeah. I'm not bragging on him. I, he can hit, believe me, he can hit better than I could. But uh, it's this thing where over all, the fence or inside the park. I was about to say, is he, hitting bombs? Ah, ah. is he hitting bombs like Eric? They actually, they weirdly only have one field. They, they rotate between four. There's only one with a fence. The rest of them are, are wide open. It's wide open spaces. Eric feels that pain, man. You just got to, I wish real. he ran. I, I wish he ran like Eric. If he was fast like Eric, he'd have a couple of... <laughs> Couple of home runs, uh, but they uh, so they want me to to be the the announcer for the All Star game, and I'm like, yeah, that sounds incredible. And they want each kid to come up with a walk up song. So my son is agonizing over this. I think he's narrowed it down to "What's Up, Danger" from one of the Spider Man movies. That's a pretty good one, and then Seven Nation Army. He loves that song. Okay, so he asked me what my walk up song was, and I instantly had to think of something kind of family friendly. The one that we came in till I collapse with Eminem and Nate Dogg, that's mine. Uh, that's that's one of my answers. Gabe, what's yours? So <laughs> I played Division Three college baseball. Let's go. And my my senior year at UW Platteville, two thousand eight. This was it. Bleed it out by Lincoln Park. This was my walk up song at Kendall Murray Stadium on the campus of UW Platteville. This was this was the one that got me ready to go and ready to step in the batter's box. Yes, I don't even know why it ended up being the song, but I mean, just listen to it; it's fantastic. That and the uh, "Burn It Down" by Lincoln Park would be a good one too. Oh yeah, that would be. I mean, Lincoln Park's got a, yeah a couple different Lincoln ones. Lincoln Park has really it. Good. Yeah, there's a great I'm, tweet out there today about uh, about Lincoln Park. I don't know who John Doyle is. Maybe uh, mm, nope. Okay, nope, not gonna do it. Never mind. <laughs> Sorry, I just looked at his bio and I was like, nope, nope, gonna <laughs> pull short of that. But he has a viral tweet out there talking about Lincoln Park and how certain segments of the population can identify with it. Uh, Lincoln Park had some absolute jams. I mean, dude, are we talking about like 16 years ago? I was definitely in college when Lincoln Park was. Yeah, this was 15 years ago. My senior apex. year at Platteville was 15 years ago, which I just wow. realized now, and now I'm really starting to feel old. I'm sorry, um, buddy. If I was putting another one on the list, though, yeah. Because I'm a big pro wrestling fan, and this thought, because William Contreras here in Milwaukee comes up to John Cena's theme song, which I oh. laughed at when, when it happened. But there's just something when that glass shatters, oh. and you start hearing that guitar riff from Stone Cold Steve Austin. What? Like that's <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I'm so happy for Austin Reeves. Every time he's in a Lakers highlight, I'm like, my God. <laughs> that's Austin's music, and we I, every single people get so annoyed by it. But we have calls. You can call in with your walk up song on the CC call in line eight 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 say ESPN eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. Let's get to Marty in Sioux Falls. Marty, you're on ESPN Radio. Hey, how's it going? What's up, Marty? 
Oh, I just wanted to call in with my walk-up song, uh, Wanted, Dead or Alive, Bon Jovi. Ooh. Okay. There's like a, a calm confidence that I feel you got to have for this song to be up there, because it's not necessarily yeah. going to get you jacked up, but it's like, no, nah, I'm better than you, and you're mm. about to find out why. You're not You're not walking up? That's not your walk-up song? It's your strut-up song. Correct. You're strutting that, to that 100%. song. 100%. All right, Marty, appreciate that. That's of a certain era, certain vintage. Uh, Dennis. Dennis in Charleston. I don't know if it's West Virginia or South Carolina. Either way, Dennis, you're on ESPN Radio. Hi, my name is Dennis, and I'm from Charleston, South Carolina. boy. And I wasn't very athletic growing up, <laughs> so my walk-up song would be, Beck, I'm a Loser. <laughs> boy, Dennis, own it. Own it. Season oh, and man. own it, man. It's fantastic. Yeah, this, this, this the slide on the guitar. Yep. I backed into a car with this on the radio when I was like 19 and I had to leave a note and the person called and followed up and was all sorts of upset. And I remember being all chesty about like, I did the right thing. I left a note. You don't have to yell at me. But I still just crunched the person's head. The person was legitimately perplexed. Like, how could you have damaged my car in a parking lot like that? Just backing (laughs) into me. But it's because I had my dad's uh, battering ram of a Cadillac Eldorado. So that thing was, it really was. Just driving a tank around. And I probably backed into like a solid 10 miles an hour. I probably hit this car. And so whenever I hear that song, I think I just get that flush of teenage anxiety where you're like, my dad's going to kill me. Whoever this person is is going to kill me. <laughs> and I can never listen to this song again. So yeah, thanks. Thanks, Dennis <laughs> thanks and Charleston. Thanks for the memories, Dennis. Yeah. Hey, you know what? That'd be a great walk-up song. Thanks for the memories. Fallout Boy. That's a good one. Maybe we can rejoin the next hour with that. He's Gabe Knights. I'm Randy Scott. We're talking about the best landing spot for DeAndre Hopkins. On Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.